0: Welcome Miranda Rumi, DTM uh, Toastmaster, she is a life coach, speaker and trainer and she is an incoming director of G, Division G in Toastmaster District 87. Uh, We are happy to have you with us today.
1: Well, thank you, Rona. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's a real pleasure to be here with you. Yeah,
0: because uh, you you seem to be very, very energetic in every meeting. And it seems like you are very energized and very excited in every Toastmaster meeting. And you are so much that it seems like you feel you want to give everything. So you do a lot of things like you did a mentoring for us. You know, you you, you did a, a lot of events for us, you know, just to make... The new one, like us, you know, the, the newer Toastmaster, getting to know Toastmaster better and get more involved with Toastmaster, that which we really, really appreciate it. So, thank you. So, uh, if you can, I think you have been a long time in Toastmaster, but probably many of us, uh, newer one, probably don't know how long you have been and what's your journey. So maybe if you can share with
1: us your journey with Toastmaster. I was getting really, really frustrated with myself for always being nervous. And, you know, at that time I was about uh, 46. And sometimes I'm invited or have to speak in, in public. And whenever I have to do that, I would not be able to sleep properly the night before getting very nervous. And of course, you know, like I would come to the meeting, not very well. Well, yeah. Well, once, you know, I, at that time, I didn't even know how to prepare it, Uh, but also like um, just not well, right. Stressed and all that. So when I heard about Toastmasters um, in, well, I was invited by, by a few friends who'd been uh, Toastmasters for a while. And I was surprised that they didn't, never told me about it. You know, maybe, maybe they're already a member for, by that time, about two, three years. So uh, I felt a little bit left behind. Uh, and then I came to an open house, like a demon, demonstration meeting or demo meeting, we call it. And I saw that. And uh, of course, you know, my friend said, yeah, come on up. You know, like you have to do this um, table topics, this impromptu speaking. And I was just like, oh, I, I hated doing this. I was so bad, and and I was embarrassed because I couldn't do it well. So I joined. I I joined right at that moment because I was just so tired about not being able to speak up or to just express myself well in in a group setting. You know, I don't have problem in a one on one, but in a group setting. So that's where it started. And um, and you probably have attended my. A listening a sexy workshop where I talked about how that first speech that I gave in Toastmasters changed my life because I felt heard for the in in a very different way than you know like um yeah in just like one on one or just having people like really appreciating me and not so much about this speech but just like their you know, it, seeing this group of Toastmasters looking at me and just like very encouraging. I could feel the energy was encouraging and then they smiled. And then they gave me an evaluation that uh, was very uplifting for me. You know, um, they they said something that's nice and then they said the few things that could be improved. And I never experienced any feedback like that. You know, most people until to that, up to that point, they would just say, well, you know, you shouldn't do it like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, just wrong or, and, and you know, you know that nobody, I guess, I don't know about you, but uh, most people I know don't like to be criticized or to be made wrong. And, uh, and so this is so different, you know, and, and I probably wasn't very conscious of that then but I I remember coming home and just feeling very high from that time uh, for after that giving that that four to six minute speech and because I was so excited I already thought okay what speech am I going to do so you know like uh, the next meeting would be two weeks after that but I was looking at the manual and was not satisfied just looking at the next project. I was looking at all the other ones, looking at the back of the book. I said, oh, you could do this, could do this. It's amazing. So that was when how I get really connected um, with Toastmasters and um, see the value of it. And then I, you know, like uh, I got into the giving speeches and then I said, it's not fun if there's only like five or six people in the club, right? Uh, so I said, okay, how can, what can I do, you know, to do this? And I knew, you know, like um, the first Toastmasters club in Bali was uh, populated by older people, you know, like people in their 40s, 50s. So I knew a lot of them, you know, like they're they're my peers. So I asked uh, who are the members and I called one by one, you know, the members who had not been active. And I chatted with them and I said, you know, come back. And then they did, you know, so the club was... uh, full again. Like I think after five, it became like a full club at maybe 20 or something like that. And, and also of course, inviting other people. And um, so it's, it's fun, you know, when you have a lot of people in the club listening, then uh, it's, it's more alive. You feel more excited about it. And so that was like between, uh, you know, two, three months or four months. And then I see people who came after me and within a short Few months, I saw how they um, they transformed, and actually, for me personally, also, I think about three months after I joined, I was talking to a friend, uh, a Dutch friend who lived uh, near my house on the phone. Actually, I was talking on the phone, and she said, "Oh, you know, you, you you sound different." I said, "How? How am I? What What do you mean?" And she said, "Your the way you speak is different. You know, it's more structured. It's." Uh, slower and e- you know like you get to the point and so I said wow you know like um so I changed somehow and then I see people change and that became a passion for me you know like uh, because I personally felt the changes and then I wanted to and I know the pain the suffering of people who cannot speak up you know having that nerves and um n- yeah not afraid to to express themselves so so I I was all that right so I know people who are going through that I know their pain and and I want to help them so so that's part of that and then yeah I just keep doing um doing the projects and keep progressing very naturally and uh and starting to to receive uh, achieve different levels, you know, first the competent communicator, and then just moving onward like that. And with the progression in the the old educational program and or the le- legacy program they call it, you you have to first learn to give a seminar, and it was very easy because the material was there, the public, um, the PowerPoint is there, so you just learn to present, right? So that's learning to present, and then with doing two of that, I became, uh, I think, uh, an advanced leader bronze, so the next level. So you know, it was like uh, motivating. I want to do more, and then the next level after that, you become, you have to uh, practice or to do a project to train, and there are many manuals. You know, from a 45-minute training until a four-hour training. So, um, and, and I'm a bit like, um, like, yeah, saying that I love to learn is probably, um, not completely right, but, um, coming from feeling that I'm, I was not very, um, I, I feel like I, I'm not worthy, you know, (laughs) So I, I was not worthy or, you know, at that time. So I, my, my way of compensating with that is try to know as much as possible learn as much as possible, you know, like there's always like buying more um, um, yeah, tools or, you know, l- taking more courses because I felt that if I know more, then I, I, w- I would be worth more. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't take my desire for learning as a virtue in that it's more of an addiction. So I bought a lot of stuff, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. because I bought a lot of stuff. So I said, okay, let's and then I went to to Jakarta to get um, like you know some different trainings, this and that. And uh, and then um, I decided like, well, why not? Why 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 don't I train? Oh, no, actually, the first after I I did my my training in you know for the um, for the projects in Toastmasters, I think I may have approached somebody and I said, hey, you know, like I can I can train too, right? And uh, what can you train? And I thought, well, everything that I've learned in Toastmasters, which is public speaking. And then I pick up that uh, uh, effective listening as one of the module or the manual that I use for, for my own project and something else. Uh, so I just kind of like put things together, you know, put this and that. And um, basically helping people to, to speak. To be able to communicate. And part of it is uh, for me, the, the public speaking training is about giving confidence to mm. people. So basically, you,
0: know, be you become public speaking and trainer, and maybe later on, you more concentrate on the listening after you join Toastmaster.
1: No, I was not a trainer before that. Yeah, I was what a business You human. become
0: public speaker and trainer after you join Toastmaster. Oh.
1: Yeah, after I joined Toastmasters, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So how
0: many after years joined, you know, before you get to the journey of becoming a public speaker, trainer, or coach?
1: Um, I joined in 28, 20, 2008. I think I, my first training, my first public training was in 2009. Mm-hmm. So a little okay. over a year. Yeah, so, um, okay. yes. A friend has about. a training company and then she said, okay, just try. And And it was very natural because, you know, by that time, with over a year being in Toastmasters and always like speaking and, you know, giving speeches and doing projects and all that, it was uh, pretty, yeah, it was not really hard. Mm. And, and I also discovered my passion. I really enjoyed that, you know, rather than just helping one person. But, you know, like when you do train, you have a group of people.
0: Yeah, because I
1: think like...
0: Yeah, like in Toastmaster, there is this uh, what's called mentoring program. So maybe that's where you get your outlet to to teach people and mentoring people to be successful. And um, I think one way is mentoring. But I think ha- I heard that you also have sponsored many
1: clubs, new clubs.
0: How many new clubs have you sponsored?
1: All right. Okay. Wow. Um, that was a different time in my life. The first club that I um, that I I guess I can say I chartered, I helped chartered, mm-hmm. was um, in 2010. So so two years after I joined, and oh, then that's not too long,
0: yeah. And it's quite achievement yeah. two years. Then
1: you charter a club. I think I was going to be a an AD, you know, an area director for the first time in the the term after that, mm-hmm. right? So it was in June. 2010, just the end of the term and the district director at that moment, we were still in district 51. That was the last year we were in district 51, I think. And, um, and he was the one who, um, who said like, yeah, come on, you know, we, you can do it. And, uh, and then I also wanted to, um, create a new, a new culture, in Toastmasters, you know, a little bit more serious because that the club that I was joining at that time is a little bit more more relaxed. You know, they are just having fun and getting together, not so much about about growing or developing. And I kind of like um, want to help people really feel the the growth in that. So I thought, okay, let me just try. And uh, so we created an open house, Rona, at that time in the, um, yeah, in, in a place called Coffee Coffee Bali. Mm. And there was Ricky, Ricky Chong from District um, 51. He was a district director at that time. And then there was Pa Arlan. So uh, they came and then they give kind of like motivational speeches. And uh, I managed, you know, well, with the Bali Toastmasters Club at that time, the only club, Um, all together of us, we managed to invite, I don't know, like 30 or something more than that. People came and they were really inspired. And within a week and after that, we have a meeting, uh, club meeting, right? And we invited a lot more people. But even that first meeting, we managed probably to get like um, about 15 people joining mm. up within just that one demo meeting. So the next meeting was just um, just an additional ones to round up the number. So we need 17 people new and then three like, um, yeah, a dual member or, or something like that. Right, so yeah, so that was my first club, which is Magical Bali, that I sponsored and that I helped charted. And then after that, there was um, three more. The first after that was the Seminyak Club. So usually, you know, like I respond to a request. So there was a request from the group in Tosmas in in Seminyak in in another part of uh, Bali. They said, well, we'd like to do that. I said, okay. So let's just help. And that one took a little bit longer. So we we just have a meeting. People come. And then, you know, like, um, uh, yeah, it took a while. But, you know, finally we formed that. um, And then it, um, yeah, for me, I couldn't go all the time because it was quite far. Eventually that one died. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But before that one died, I also started another one called um, the Ubud Ashik at that time. Right. And, um, so yeah, there was, there was also a request. Uh, oh, I did that, that one. I started because I also give a presentation at the Rotary in Ubud. So they were interested and I said, okay, let's do that. And after several meetings, finally we charted that. Um, eventually that died. I'll tell you why they died. Okay. But let me just, <laughs> so there are the, uh, yeah, Ubud Asik, I think, existed for about a year and a half. I think all of them existed for about that long. And then the last one was the PLN, uh, the electricity company, the National Electricity Company. It started by we had a member who was a student, um, and then she brought her father, and then her father was one of the executives at the PLN, and he was very interested. So invite me over, you know, we did a demo meeting and then the, we said, okay, let's just um, make all, so, you know, we had, I think almost like 30 people that they decided to to put into this um, Toastmasters, but eventually that died too. All right. So are you interested why they died? <laughs> yeah. I mean, why they died. All right. So. You know, and okay, before I, I tell you that, I want to share that um, now I'm very cautious about um, starting a club right? because it requires a lot of energy from the sponsoring club or whoever, you know, like um, it takes resources from, from other club members, from existing club members to help a club to set up. And then if, um, if the initiator for the new club is not prepared to... Uh, you know, like um, they're not trained, then, sorry, I need to take this off first. They're not trained, then it's, it's not going to be sustainable, right? So, uh, yeah, the, the first two died because there's just not enough um, members who are committed or who are dedicated and now I'm looking back at it, the, the, the reason why people don't last is often because they haven't experienced enough the values of Toastmasters, right? So if they're not experiencing that, then they're coming to the meeting is like, um, yeah, when they can and a lot of things can distract them for that. Mm -hmm. um so so that those are the two primary things um, that that cause people company uh, i mean clubs to die and then the pln is a corporate club right the corporate club comes the initiative or the instruction comes from the came from the the top they think this is a good idea and this is what their staff should do right and they and it's very bureaucratic you know like they have the opening, they have the, the leaders, the the yeah, the directors speaking about how good it is, but they themselves don't join. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're not really giving an example of that. Right? And then they just tell, okay, you have to go to the club. And you know, these people they, they haven't seen the value. They didn't see the value. They haven't experienced the value and, and I remember with, with that particular club, some members never even picked up their manuals. Mm. Because they didn't attend the demo meeting, you know, like, um, and then they just told to go, and then they thought, oh, you know, I'm already tired. I have a lot of things to do, and uh, it, for for them, it's a job, and for me, this is the danger. If a, a company pays um, for for their membership, yes, because for their staff members. if you don't pay, you don't
0: uh, value it because it's something yeah. free. You know, you don't value when it's something is free. Yeah, so in yeah. total you charter four uh four clubs for new yeah. clubs and only one survive only the magical bali survive yeah and three yeah. die yeah. yeah i think they when, uh, i think talking about chartering a club is not about the benefits of you know the new club but i think what do you see as the benefits for those who sponsor the new club
1: um okay yeah you know when we talk about sponsoring clubs or building clubs maybe my my focus has shifted now since then right before it was like it would be great you know like if we can build a club then you know they you get the recognition so it's more about a goal right a goal to um because that's a goal that comes from Toastmasters like build clubs, bid clubs um, now I'm looking at it differently. You know, like if the, the, the aim is just to build clubs and you don't uh, strengthen the inside first, it's, um, it's very fragile. It can die very easily. So I would like to start with the why. Why do you want to sponsor a club? And I've been thinking a lot about this, and and I think the focus should be why why we need toastmasters, right? Why we need the, an institution or organ, organization in, as toastmasters. For me, now I'm seeing it as yeah, it would like uh, make your life better, make you more empowered, make you more um, uh, realizing your potentials. And you can do so much more. I mean, I, I'm the living example of that. You know, like my my living now totally comes from what I learned in Toastmasters, you know, as a trainer, as life coach, and and as even organizer, even, or a copywriter. So all of that came from just by being a Toastmaster. And and that just opened up, you know, like so much. And, and there's so many things that you could do. Uh, and then... The other one that I find, you know, this is, you know, this this relates to the listening part. It's about, you know, like so many people just want to be heard. And when you feel heard, you feel that you matter. Mm -hmm. And the feeling that you don't matter, that you're not good enough, that you are not enough or, you know, like you're not, you don't deserve or you don't, you're not worthy to be heard or, you know, like your opinions and all that. Comes from the sense that uh, yeah, I'm I'm not good, you know, uh, and and not having the capacity, not having been trained in it, you know, like our culture in Indonesia or in a nation in particular, we we taught to obey, right? Just obey and and you know, like you listen to the teacher and you follow what the teacher says. So it doesn't really allow personalities to grow you know like um you know like personalities to to come out and to be seen and and you know like um people are are so diversified diverse so varied so interesting you know like they have a lot of ideas that a lot of these ideas could not come out because you could not verbalize it right and uh, so this is where i where i now see toastmasters really is essential. It's not just, say, a choice, right? Or you could go to, you know, it's just one of a training's club or a training group or a training school. But it is essential because it's like, um, it is an environment. It is, uh, there is supportive people in it and and it's safe. And this is very rare, Rona, to have a safe place to learn, to make mistakes and to be accepted just as you are. I've seen people who are awkward who are nerdy and they start changing because they're being accepted as they are they're being given opportunities just to be heard because we already know that everybody is is unique and special and and has so much to offer yeah. and if up until now they're they've seen like they feel stupid or they feel um, not having confidence—it's—it's it's because of their surrounding because they're programmed like that. And I see yeah. Toastmasters is a game changer. Yeah. So, uh, um, in summary, yeah,
0: sorry, 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 go ahead. Yeah, go in summary,
1: ahead. I see uh, Toastmasters as as um, an opportunity for people to learn to speak up, to find their voice, and in our country, in Indonesia or maybe in Asia also, you know, this voice need, need to be heard. And you, you don't have a means for that. And Toastmasters is relatively cheaper, cheap, you know, to, to do all this.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, uh, uh, Miranda, I think, for those of us who already joined Toastmasters. But I think if we could also go back to my questions, uh, not about being a member of Toastmaster, but what benefit the sponsor has by chartering a new Club You know what kind of benefits does he have? Uh, maybe she wants to build a legacy to create a legacy for himself or herself by having a new Toastmaster club. what else do they what benefits you think that you know they have so we could encourage people to have this one you know this intent to help charter a new club? Yeah.
1: Okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, thank you for bringing me back to that question. The, I was trying to go there, but I get a, lot, a little bit lost with, with this. Um, yeah. Rather than I want to build a club, it's like I want to help people, right? I want to help people to experience what I've experienced. And one way of doing that is by building a club. And the, now, if we're going to talk about Toastmasters' lingo and what you actually get for that, like when you charter a club, that means you already have the initiative that you have the desi- desire to serve, if that is done correctly. Right, Mm -hmm. If you want, because you want to help people. So how do I help people? You know, I cannot just like put people in my club. You know, the club is going to get too big and it's not going to be healthy for the club to have too many people anyway. So you want to start or maybe create a a certain culture in the club. So somebody would have to be uh, to have some kind of leadership to have a desire like that. Mm-hmm. Right, Or they have to learn, okay, I want to build a club because I want to be able to bring more people in. How do we do that? Just that question and then the effort you you do to to get the answer or to find the the, the, the competencies or skills to do that is is to me is a being a leader okay, mm-hmm. and then that is being appreciated, being recognized in toastmasters, so if you are you have sponsored a club. Then, um, you know, like uh, in Toastmasters, we have a title, as you already know, what that is called Distinguished Toastmaster, which is like um, a culmination of, of work or effort to better yourself as a communicator, as a leader. And um, so to become a... Distinguished Toastmaster. one of the requirements if you can, you can be either sponsor a club or mentor a club or coach a club. Right? One of the requirements, not all. And and I think the, the correlation to that is the is the desire to serve and going beyond your own club. So going into a bigger community. And uh, so yeah, that's what you would get. If you sponsor a club, the benefit is you learn so much for yourself. Hmm, okay. I think you mentioned you learn so much, but exactly what skill do you learn? What skill do you learn? Hmm. All right. The, the core essence of Toastmasters is um, it's, an, it's a non-profit organization, non-for-profit organization. So we're all there without being paid, right? You and I, you know, we're in our 50s. So we know we have worked with people who are subordinates. Like right? we've been leaders, we've been um executives and all that, and you know when you get higher and higher, then you have more and more power it's easier, it's easier, and it's also um uh, how would I say you know when you ask people to do things they they would do it because either you pay them or they look up to you, right but in Toastmasters, because we are not, we're there without being paid. So people that are there and, and in Toastmasters, you know, we have to do all a lot of things as a team. Mm. And so when you are dealing with people who you don't pay, but you want to involve them in your team, to share your vision with, uh, with to create a project or to finish a project, you have to be able to motivate them. Yeah. So motivate them and persuade them, mentor them, coach them. You know, so these are the skills that you need to to um, acquire along the way. It may not come natural, you know, like it may not come all at once or naturally. But the practice of from um, just doing roles in meetings, those are little practice. Every day, you little practice, you know, whether it's your analytical thinking, your listening, your motivation motivational skills or persuasive skills, all that. And then you, you need to learn to communicate also, communicate your ideas, communicate your vision so that people will be on board of that. Imagine if you're a leader, you cannot communicate and you just, you know, not having a point, what would they follow? Right? Mm. So, so these are like a, a natural progression. Mm. Can you summarize,
0: uh, I think from what you have already elaborated, if you can summarize what benefits the sponsor has and what skills do they gain? I mean, if we want to basically attract people to do it, we have to be clear, right, the benefits they get.
1: Yeah, I love the, the sharpness of your question. Like uh, if you want to ben- uh, attract people to do it, they have to be clear of their benefits. True. It's always about what's what's in it for them. What's in it for them? Yeah, I would, you know, like it's not for everybody. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You know, like, I mean, I've seen people who just go for the numbers because that would give them a certain recognition. But then, you know, and, and a- as was I, you know, so those things are not sustainable, you know, and, and it's a pity when you create a club where you already put like um, resources, time, energy, and not just yours, but also others. So when that died, then, then it's a waste of effort, right? Um, yeah, maybe you learn a few things along the way. And then the benefits for me, um, <laughs> it's almost like I, I want to say it in a very different way. Is do a legacy of your own is one of the benefit? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, is it is it a benefit? Like um I think it's it's a very personal thing, you know, like um we okay, we can look at it in two two sides. One, the tangible thing, right? If you want to be a distinguished Toastmaster, you have to start thinking like doing something with the club, whether it's sponsor, coach, or mentor. So, if you want to just not think about other benefits, that is the the clear cut benefit. And then the other benefit is more about you know getting to know yourself because as a leader, you will encounter challenges. You will encounter people who are not on board with you. You know how do you how do you um, overcome this or or learn from this so you make mistakes and then you learn you know like uh, to me that is the, the value and and i don't know if everybody would see that as a value but i personally see that as a value as your personal development because for me Toastmasters is all about personal development um like that and and okay the other intrinsic value is you get recognition right you get recognition um, not just for DTM but also from other leaders, yeah then they will start trusting you more and um, if you like that kind of thing, then you know like you are you will be uh, rising up right if you are in the if you want to yeah like you know boom, like you know if you're in a corporate, then you wouldn't get higher and higher like that so you get recognition from others they see ah here's somebody who who is a potential leader? We want to invest in that, so people will invest in you. You know, like um, leaders will start investing in you. First, mm-hmm. like they would see you, and then they would in, uh, involve you. You know, like engage with you and invest with in you, and um, hopefully help you get to the top. Also, whatever top that is for you. Yeah. Is that clear so
0: enough? We, yeah. <laughs> I, maybe if I can summarize, I think from what. Okay, maybe you can do that better yeah, than I you. will try to summarize. <laughs> I think what. It's probably, not probably, certainly that you can build your legacy. yeah. And then number two is that you can basically sharpen your leadership skill. And the third one is basically if you are after the DTM, the Distinguished Toastmaster, then there is still one of the requirement, and you can get your DTM. And then you can also uh, go above or going up the rank, basically in Toastmaster. If yeah. I can summarize it correctly,
1: you you summarize it so beautifully. I'm I'm here in awe, just uh, seeing how how clear cut that is. So so thank you for doing that.
0: Mm, my pleasure.
1: Okay, so maybe the last one, if you
0: could uh, share, maybe your whatever the last one you want to say, maybe your tips about you know uh, the, the tips about sponsoring a club or. Any things that you would like to basically convey to us? But if mm-hmm. possible, since our topic today is about sponsoring a club, if you could maybe focus on that, on your last tips for us. Okay. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you, Rona. So, if you want to sponsor a club, if possible, like connect with what you really want out of it, right? So, uh, and then if you can connect that with your desire to serve with the desire to contribute then you would come into a, a a different place in in your commitment and in your dedication rather than if you're just trying to chase a point or or just a, a recognition you know like um, to me the the dtm ship is is a result of it yeah so if for anyone who wants to be a DTM, and you think, okay, what else do I have to do? All right, I want to. I have to either sponsor a club or mentor a club or not. and then um, see what is it that you really want to do. What how you want to serve? How you want to help others? And if you can connect with that, then then things will happen very beautifully. Mm. I know it's a little bit abstract. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: And also, I see. I think for those uh, for those clubs which survive. Basically, there is like at least one person who is really dedicated and see the value of being a Toastmaster. So I think she can then help, you know, the club to be sustainable and drive the spirit of the club. Without a single person, without having a single person, at least one, I mean, then the club, I think, will die.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a a one is a little bit hard, but... Let's put it this way: If there's one person who loves those muscles, who sees the be- the benefits and the values of those muscles, just start talking about it. You know, like sh- keep sharing that, keep showing that, and keep sharing that, and there people will follow. Mm. You know, with that. Yeah, and I think you know, with the deaths of those clubs that I couldn't maintain or couldn't help maintain, I was not um, I was not in the mature enough as a leader at that time and and maybe it was not responsible enough. And my desire to start the club was not coming from the place that I was just mentioning to you.
0: Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot, uh, Miranda, for your time and the opportunity. It's been an honor to talk to you, to interview you, to discuss about the process and the benefits of sponsoring a club that many of the Toastmasters probably are thinking about. Uh, Maybe, you know, they have the aspire and they don't know what the process. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Rona. It's been a real pleasure and you forced me to think deeper and dig deeper and, but it's, uh, it's been also um, very, very inspiring for me just to, to be in this conversation with you. So all the best for your future interviews and, and I can see, you know, like you're going to just soar as Toastmasters. Thank you. As, as a Toastmaster, sorry, as a Toastmaster. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.